0: The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. From farming to pharmacy, whatever sector your business is in, we have specialist teams ready to support you. Welcome back. You can contact us by text to five one five five one. Email the business at rte.ie or tweet to at the business rte. Now here's some food for thought for those who are contemplating their future career path. Nobel Prize-winning economist Sir Christopher Pissarides is cautioning young people about jumping into third-level courses because. AI may well replace many of those jobs in the future. Professor Pisarides is a labour market expert who won the Nobel Prize in Economics in 2010 and he's now a Regis Professor at the London School of Economics. He thinks, for instance, that young people should consider carefully computer programming career prospects unless they're particularly talented at it or unless they're particularly interested in it, which is quite a, a far cry from what we're typically hearing about STEM careers. We caught up with him earlier and I asked him for for to explain his thinking on that.
1: On the one hand, STEM jobs are the jobs of the future because they're the ones that progress will push the frontier of AI. They're the ones that will uh, develop the applications of AI, everyday cases, manufacturing services, and so on. But there will not be many. And that's the sense in which I said young people shouldn't go in very large numbers into these jobs because there may be you no know, jobs Left in the future, because AI would be able to do many things that uh, people in STEM are doing. You know, for example, take programming. ChatGPT is a very good programmer.
0: You have said that where you see skills that are really, really sought in big numbers in the future are in things like empathetic or creative skills, and you know that might involve, for example, working in in social care, in hospitality, in health care. The problem with that is if that's where a lot of the jobs are in the future, because those skills are still needed by humans, um, they're not as well paid. Is that mm-hmm. not a very, uh, even though you may well be absolutely right in your analysis, is that not a very depressing outlook?
1: Now, that, no, one, one aspect, the large number of jobs that are being created in these sectors, and I'm including, you know, hospitality and retail and, and so on are at least as good as the equivalent large number of jobs that were created in manufacturing that has disappeared today. If you look, though, where the highest paid jobs are today, it's not only IT and programming that they're there. You know, for example, becoming a, a doctor, a dentist, is very highly paid. The most highly paid professionals are in health, and we're always always going to need doctors. AI is not going to take off. Civil service jobs, the ones that prepare reports for the departments, uh, for their ministers, management, you know, CEOs of companies will work together with AI to progress. So there will be many, many highly paid jobs, but they're not going to be in in spam and programming.
0: There are lots and lots of of well-paid professional jobs that you might categorise, you know, for want of a better word, of middle-class professional jobs. They're the ones that in many cases look like being in the firing line here from AI. Is that your view?
1: Not collectively, the way you put it, but I can give you examples of of jobs that are in the firing line. Paralegals, for example, you know, getting some basic uh, training in law and working in a big law office where your main job is to provide the data and the precedent and collect information about cases. Those jobs are in the firing line because we can use uh, the large language models to get that information. Those jobs are are under threat. Those definitely, but take the management consultants, you know, the big accounting firms. Those are not under threat. They will always be there. Businesses will always need uh, advice. Uh, Take finance. Finance has lost some uh, employees, but, you know, I mean, at least in the UK, finance lost more from Brexit than what it will lose from AI. And and that's something that we brought on ourselves.
0: What, What about the impact on productivity? And is it possible, is it naive, is it realistic to think that as AI develops that it may increase productivity which might lead to things like a a four-day week. People might not actually have to work as many hours.
1: Well, that I definitely uh, believe that is coming. It's coming because we know from historical evidence that as productivity rises, uh, wages rise, all kinds of compensation. And when wages rise, we'll take more time off. The, the typical uh, annual holiday uh, nowadays is four to six weeks, maybe. In the 1960s, it was two weeks. That, that, that's the way in which we've been taking the extra time off up to now. But there is a limit to how much time you want to be off and, and fly on to uh uh, warmer climates for example you
0: know well so, some of us some of us know no limits in relation to that if we could uh, manage to pull <laughs> yeah. it off but, well, but it, you what will about, not the day week then. <laughs> those of you can can take it this extra holiday what sort of time frame do you think i mean it's very hard to predict the pace of 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 growth and change in ai and how it evolves because it's still relatively young but how quickly do you think we'll start to see these big shifts in the workplace and the labor market
1: I would give it at least 10 years, actually. It takes very long for economies to adjust. So don't expect to see AI throwing you out of jobs tomorrow.
0: If you look at the implications for education, for university education, the kinds of skills such as empathetic skills, uh, creative skills, those kinds of things, some would argue they can't really be taught. It's a mixture of personality and life experience. But also, the things that might help that is the old fashioned idea of a rounded education in university. People who went Mm -hmm. to study the arts and they they, they learned how to research, how to question, how to ask questions. But if anything, universities seem to be pulling back from that kind of thing. In order to respond to the economy, they're actually developing programmes that are very specific to the skills and needs of the workplace. Are they going down the wrong road?
1: There the, certainly the, the should be now, especially the A-level system that, that we have over here. Uh, it's too specialised. I think we need broader education. What education needs to do is to teach well the basic uh, skills uh, give a framework of how of people how to develop skills later on, and then once they leave university, they will be developing their skills in, in the job. You know, teach good good maths, language, good history, geography, so you have a general good edu- education, and then uh, start worrying about your specialization when you see what type of job you like when you leave university. What type of jobs are being advertised? because they're changing all the time.
0: Well, we'll have to wait and see. It's a fascinating topic and we're probably only at the beginning of this very, very strange and perhaps wonderful, perhaps not so wonderful journey. Uh, Christopher Christopher Pissarides, uh, Professor, Regis Professor of Economics at the London School of Economics. Thank you very much for joining us on the programme.
1: Thank you.